Oh my goodness, what another great week of Big 12 football. Welcome in, baby. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. We cover the Big 12. We've been doing that for several years now. We appreciate you being here on YouTube, on Facebook Live, on the podcast as we get the Week 8 Reaction Show rolling. Hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube, of course, on the podcast as well. You know what to do. Slam away on that five-star. We appreciate you doing that and being a part of the show. Cheers as we uh, get this baby rolling on a Saturday night after the game. I'm digging these Saturday night shows, by the way. I usually would do them Sundays, late morning, early afternoon, but let us know what you think. I'm enjoying doing these on Saturday night, assuming we're not getting like you know games ending at 2 a.m. thanks to BYU or anything like that. But anyway, let's dive into it. Big 12, week eight in the books. And it wasn't the week for the underdogs that the last couple of weeks have been. The last two weeks, there were 10 Big 12 games. The underdog won outright in eight of those 10 games. It wasn't quite like that on Saturday. However, the underdogs did very well covering the spread. The underdogs went 5-1 covering the spread. BYU is a dog. They beat Texas Tech outright 27-14. UCF, a big underdog, just fell short against OU 31-29. Houston, an underdog. Fell to Texas only by 7, 31-24. Baylor was a dog at Cincinnati. They won it 32-29. Oklahoma State was an underdog. Won outright 48-34 against West Virginia. And Kansas State, the only favorite to win and cover the spread in Week 8. You cannot predict the Big 12 Conference. It's unbelievable. So the biggest storyline coming out of this, and we'll get to all the games, is the fact that I'm looking at OU Texas, and yes, I still think they deserve to be called the best two teams in the league, but I wonder if that gap between OU Texas and everybody else is smaller than we might have expected. Oklahoma barely beating UCF by two points, and Texas barely getting by Houston 31-24. Let's talk about each of those games out of the gates. First off, the Texas game. Houston got screwed on the spot. I don't want to hear ever again from Texas fans crying about how, oh, the Big 12 refs are going to screw us. The Big 12 refs gave you a gift in that game. And I know it's not all of you Texas fans. I know every fan base has, you know, buffoons who are going to go out there and make a scene. Texas fans cannot complain for the rest of the season about how the Big 12 refs are out to get you and they're going to prevent you from winning this league. Don't even bring it up anymore. I don't want to hear it. You got a gift, a gift at the end of that Houston game. Houston was rolling. They got a third and short at the Texas 10-yard line. They got to get to the 9-yard line. They clearly get it. It's indisputable. The far side judge, I mean, he's marked it at the first down, and somehow they end up putting it at fourth and inches. And then Dana Holgerson, I'm not going to call it a great play call. It wasn't. You're rolling out to the right. You're out of the shotgun on a fourth and inches. I know it's Texas, and you probably don't think you can compete with them in the trenches, but not a great play call. Bad throw by Donovan Smith. Game's over. We don't know if Houston would have actually scored, but they were having a great drive. All I'm saying is I'm not predicting that Houston would have won the game, 
but spare me the Big 12 refs are out the screw us thing. Stop with that. Texas got the win. Good for them. Houston, very valuable game. They needed that. They needed, even though it was a loss, and I'm not a big moral victory guy, there are such things as moral victories. Ask Kansas two years ago about moral victories against OU when they almost pulled off the unthinkable a couple of years ago against the Sooners at home. They lost the game, but that was a moral victory. Moral victories exist. I know we don't like to talk about them. Coaches won't brag about them. But that's what this game could end up being for Houston. Or it could be a game they just showed up for because it was Texas. But I hope it's the former. I hope that for the sake of um, the Houston Cougars and that program under Dana Holgerson, it can be a moral victory for them. That's my hope. So uh, they were down 21 nothing. They end up coming back in the game. The defense playing much better. And the big question for Texas is Quinn Ewers. He was in a sling after the game, according to multiple reports. That's not a good sign. We can talk all we want about Arch Manning and, you know, the future of him and what he's going to look like and how good he's going to be and everything else. But if you're Texas and you're talking about this year and you're talking about getting to a college football playoff, Malik Murphy, once again, I mean, you think he can handle the job, but you don't really know. This is a big, big potential loss, depending on how long Quinn Ewers is out for Texas or if he's out at all. But the guy did have a sling on after the game. The good news is they got BYU next week. And BYU's coming off a good win, but BYU's a winnable game without Quinn Ewers. But then it's Kansas State. And that's the kind of game that can determine who potentially ends up in Arlington for the Big 12 championship in December. So there is still a lot left to be determined in this Big 12 season. It is not a done deal. And when you look at that game for Texas, boy, they eked it out. They got the win. But by the way, I picked Houston plus the 22 and a half points. I gave you three picks like I do every week. My picks went two and one. So I am now 13, seven and one on the season. I give you a lock, a bad bet and an underdog. My underdog was Baylor plus three and a half against Cincinnati. Nailed that. My bad bet, meaning what I would avoid, was Texas minus 22 and a half. So basically, that's my way of saying go with Houston. Texas was my bad bet of the week, so I won that one. My lock of the week didn't go so well. That was OU minus the points against UCF. So that was my loss, but two and one, I'll take that every single week. And that's basically where we've been at now for six weeks in a row going 2-1. and one. So 13-7-1 on the season for my Big 12 picks with the lock, the bad bet, and the underdog of the week. Now for the OU game against UCF, uh, give UCF a lot of credit. On the road, in Norman, tough environment. OU's been playing great. They're coming off the Red River win and a bye week. And John Rice Plumley and that team go in the Norman, and give them an absolute dogfight. But I had people texting me in the second half, UCF's going to pull it off. UCF's going to pull it off. And I'm like, no, no. OU's going to win this game. OU is going to come out, and they're going to get this done. Dylan Gabriel's not going to lose this game, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Now, let me jump right to the end of the game. What the heck was that trickery, insanity 
from Gus Malzahn on the two-point conversion. That is a head-scratcher. That is the kind of play that makes you want to pull your hair out. So you've got John Rice Plumley, who just leads UCF down the field. He's the reason that you're in this game in Norman against the big, bad Sooners. And on a two-point conversion attempt, you take the ball out of your best player's hand and you throw it in the flat to run some kind of trick play, and the guy in the flat doesn't even get the ball off to the end zone. It's like, that's, that's, you got the game on the line, two-point conversion. Your star quarterback, who's a veteran, just leads you down the field in a hostile road environment, and you take, you effectively take the ball out of his hands on a two-point conversion. I mean, if you're a UCF fan, that one's got to eat you up. I know you, you know, once again, I don't want to talk moral victories here, but you can call this a moral victory, a feel-good game if you're a UCF fan. But gosh, you felt like this one was there for the taking. And unfortunately, if you're a UCF fan, it didn't go your way. But you know what? You held OU in check as much as one can hold OU in check, and you did a darn good job doing it. So... OU gets out of there. They're 7-0. You're going to have to win a couple of games like this if you're Oklahoma and you want to get to a college football playoff and that whole thing. But, woo, boy, oh, boy. UCF now 0-4 in conference play, and you've got a couple of heartbreakers, by the way, the Baylor one being the worst. But you can stack this one up there as well because that is a tough way to lose a game. You're leading the game in Norman, in the fourth quarter. Then you're losing. Then you go down the field. Then you get a two-point conversion to tie the game to basically force overtime. And, oh, that one's painful. Not going to lie. That one is very painful if you're a Golden Knight. Uh, not Golden Knight. Sorry, 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 sorry. Just a Knights fan. All right. Thanks for joining us on the show. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Uh, cheers to a great week eight. You can get one of these Heartland College Sports koozies. Still the old logo, but you can get one by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, we'll get you hooked up with that free koozie. By the way, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the show and hit that thumbs up button as well. That helps us tremendously with the whole YouTube algorithm stuff. I'm just, this is what I'm told at least. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show. Let's get to some of the other games here. We got four more games to talk about. So we got the OU and Texas games. Those wins are out of the way. OU beats UCF. Texas takes care of Houston. Uh, Where do we want to go next? All right. Let's go Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Let's go to that game. Oklahoma State has done something that none of us would have ever predicted. None of us. I don't care who you are. Oklahoma State has had one of the strangest seasons in recent memory of any college football team. I have never seen a team go from literally a portion of the fan base saying the head coach doesn't know what he's doing anymore to three weeks later, oh my goodness, if things break right, we're in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia 48-34 in Morgantown on Saturday. Ollie Gordon is right now the best player in the Big 12 Conference. He had 289 yards rushing. Barry Sanders-esque numbers for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Last week, he had almost 300 yards. He had 136 on the ground, I think, 100 and some odd uh, receiving yards. It was all on the ground on Saturday against the Mountaineers, and it was 
pure dominance from Ollie Gordon. If you are not watching Oklahoma State football, you should just for Ollie Gordon. That's how good this dude has been, and he has single-handedly helped turn around the Oklahoma State season. It's been incredible to watch. And for West Virginia, let's be honest. They've now lost two in a row. They lost to Houston. They lose this game. The defense that we were all really excited about, they look like a paper tiger right now. They've given up 89 points the last two weeks. They got torched by Oklahoma State on Saturday. They gave up 491 yards, 281 on the ground. I mean, that it's just inexcusable, and the turnovers were just horrendous. Now, both teams had bad turnovers, but gosh, West Virginia's in particular were just brutal to watch. That was a difficult game. You're a West Virginia fan. You're coming off a loss. You got this mini bye week. You're losing a Hail Mary last week. You're coming home. You're feeling good about things. You're in front of the home crowd. Neil Brown's, you know, in a place where he's starting to get the fan base behind him. And then he throws up this kind of a stinker. And that's exactly what this game was for West Virginia. An absolute stinker of a game. No doubt about it. So, I, you know, West Virginia, I feel for you right now. I, I don't know what the rest of the season looks like for Neil Brown. I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played. He's got UCF next week and BYU. Uh, he still has Cincinnati and Baylor. So they're probably – they may be favored in four of their final five games. So let's see how exactly this plays out. But they still have a chance to finish with seven or eight wins. And if he gets seven or eight wins, if he gets eight, he's definitely staying. If he gets seven, he's probably staying. So I don't know if you need to trust the climb, which has been the phrase down there in West Virginia, but uh, I, I, I would be shocked if Neil Brown's not here next year just because of what the schedule looks like the rest of the way. So Garrett, when you ask here on uh, YouTube if I'm a Neil Brown guy or not, l- listen, I think Neil Brown has had a lot of time to prove himself. And he hasn't proven to me he's the guy, which oftentimes means you're not the guy. That being said, if West Virginia wins eight games in the Big 12 this year, how are you going to get rid of him? Nobody would have ever predicted that. What was the over-under? I think five and a half wins. So Neil Brown's not going anywhere if he gets to the eight-win mark this season. As bad as these couple of losses have been uh, for the West Virginia Mountaineers. But got to clean up the mistakes. They were brutal on Saturday. You're in front of your home crowd. That's that's a tough. You give up 48 points against an Oklahoma State offense that's not exactly lights out. I love Ollie Gordon, but Oklahoma State shouldn't be hanging 50 points on you. That is just that is bad. And if you're an Oklahoma State fan, hey, speaking of schedules, Oklahoma State plays the new four Big 12 teams and Oklahoma. Those are their next four games. Cincinnati, OU, UCF, Houston, BYU. They can go 4 and 1. Oklahoma State is looking at a potential 9 and 3 season. If I told you that after they lost to South Alabama, you would have called me bleeping crazy. But here we are. This is the Big 12 in 2023. It's unbelievable. It's wild. 
So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, that was that was some game. It was. It was. It was fun. It was back and forth. A lot of lead. You know, a couple of lead changes in that game, right? So it it just it bounced around, and um, you know, we'll see how it plays out here going forward for both of those teams. Now uh, we got to get to the other games here in the Big Twelve. Where do we want to go next? All right, let's go to Texas Tech BYU. Texas Tech losing to BYU 27-14. to 14. Bo- That BYU scene looks awesome, by the way. BYU fans, I don't know when I'm going to get out there. I got a four-year-old. I've got a two-year-old. I got a third kid coming in March. So I don't know when I'm going to get out your way. But whenever I do, I can't wait. That scene in Provo looks absolutely awesome. And I cannot wait to soak it all up be a part of it, enjoy it. it. I just, it looks fantastic. But as many of you know, I've got a radio show I do here in Kansas City. I run the radio station at KCMO. I'm doing this. I'm running this website. I got two little kids. I got a third one on the way. I got a lot of moving parts right now. So I don't know when, but whenever I do get out there to Provo, I can't wait to be there. BYU needed this one coming off that awful loss at Kansas last week, right? I mean, that was just, or TCU, excuse me. They lose to TCU by 30-some-odd points. They come home, licking their wounds. They got a Texas Tech team that also is coming off a bad loss of its own. And you're wondering what exactly this game is going to be. Tech was favored slightly in the game. But BYU, I mean, they, they, they completely took care of business. Now, you know, you look at this game, and you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, well, BYU jumps out on top. Then, you know, you got BYU with the fumble return for a touchdown as well. It's 14-0, and even though Texas Tech cut that lead in half, 14-7, what happens after that? BYU responds with a touchdown of its own. So it never felt like Texas Tech was in the game, even though if you look at a box score, you're going to sit there and you say to yourself, gosh, Tech was better on third downs. They passed for more yards. They rushed for more yards. They had more total yards. What screwed them? Turnovers. Five turnovers for Texas Tech. And I still don't understand what the heck Zach Kitley is doing. Can somebody tell me what offensive coordinator Zach Kitley is doing for Texas Tech? I mean, goodness gracious, if you're a Tech fan, please help me with this. Help me figure out. What the heck is going on with your offensive coordinator? Last week, I'm ragging on him saying, dude, you got your third string guy in there against Kansas State. He's a freshman, and you're treating him like he's a senior. Run Taj Brooks, for crying out loud. And unfortunately, once again, here we are talking about Zach Kitley and the play calling for Texas Tech, right? So I, I want to hear from you Tech fans and trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Adam says Kitley is stealing money. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you there, Adam. Uh, John says Tech is the worst team in the Big 12. I, eesh, I don't know about that. I don't, know if he, I don't know if he's the worst team in the Big 12. But uh, I... Eesh. I'll tell you right now, I mean, this is a team, here's the thing, this is the most disappointing team in the Big 12, that much is clear. We were sold, and not just by um, 
those of us who follow Big 12 football, but people inside the program were telling you this was a year that Tech could compete at the top of the Big 12. And a lot of us bought into it, myself included. I, will, I, I had Tech in the Big 12 title game. I'll tell you when I'm wrong here. I had him in the Big 12 title game. And Tech is now 3-5, and five, sitting there at 2-3 and three in conference play. It is completely inexcusable. And I know you're on your third-string quarterback, but that's where you say, do the Red Raiders know they're on their third-string starting third-string quarterback based on how they've been playing? And you look at the rest of the schedule for Texas Tech. TCU, Kansas, UCF, Texas. I mean, I know TCU does not look good. I know that UCF has had its issues. At Kansas will not be easy. Same with Texas, obviously. It is entirely possible. Tech goes 2-2 two and two the rest of the way, which is being generous. They're not even making a bowl game. And this was supposed to be a year that Tech was going to pop. And I don't know if you saw this, but Jack Anderson, former All-Big 12 offensive lineman, NFL draft guy from a couple of years ago. I think he was a sixth-round guy a couple of years back. He tweeted out as this game was going on. It's on our Twitter page, at Heartland underscore CS. You can find us and follow us there. Um, he tweeted out, I don't want to be that guy, dot, dot, dot. Might be, some ti- might be time for some changes. That's Jack Anderson. So when you've got former players, prominent players, Calling out this team, that's a bad look. Bad luck for Texas Tech. Now, BYU, this is really interesting for BYU because they're 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play. But in both of their wins, they were outgained. Like, you wouldn't look the Cincinnati game that BYU won. When you look back on that game, they were outgained by 200 yards. Now, once again, what happened, though? They won the turnover battle. Same thing on Saturday night for BYU beating Texas Tech, and that's what's pretty amazing about that game as well. Same formula. They were outgained by 100-plus yards, but they dominate the turnover battle. They were the cleaner team. Tech had nine penalties for 80 yards. That's the other thing. Nine penalties for 80 yards plus five turnovers? That's on the coaching staff for Texas Tech. I mean, that is just a, a, a bad look top to bottom for the Red Raiders. Goodness gracious. This is, some of you are saying TCU is the most disappointing team in the Big 12. No, I, we all thought TCU was going to take a major step back. They brought in talent, but I didn't think that TCU was going to be competing for a Big 12 title. I thought Tech could do it. And here we are now with a team that may not even get to bowl eligibility with the way things are looking. So that is just tough. Uh, next up, Kansas State dominating TCU 41-3. to Let me say this. Kansas State is back. I'm not saying they were ever gone, but that loss at Oklahoma State made you wonder if this season was going to go from promising potentially get to a Big 12 title game to, whoa, what just happened here? But Kansas State's back. Kansas State 
is going to be playing Texas in a couple of weeks. And that game is, to me, going to be the team that likely ends up playing for a Big 12 title. That's just how this season is shaping up in this league. Kansas State, in two weeks in Austin, is going to be must-watch football. Whatever Chris Kleiman did after that loss to Oklahoma State is working. Now, the obvious thing that he did was bring in Avery Johnson, his star true freshman quarterback who's been on campus since January and is now working in on kind of a two-quarterback system with Will Howard and Avery Johnson. And it's working. Can it work forever? I don't know. But both guys have bought into it. Give Will Howard a lot of credit. He has not sulked. He has not pouted. He has not cried. He came out on Saturday, threw three touchdowns, played a clean game, 10 of 16. Um, He ran pretty well as well, four carries for 62 yards. He's buying in. Avery Johnson had himself 16 carries for 73 yards, threw for a touchdown. Uh, This is working better than anyone could have ever expected. And anyone telling you that Avery Johnson is just a running quarterback isn't actually watching this team. Uh, Some of those passes that Avery Johnson was connecting on down the sidelines, they were beautiful. I think it was, uh, there were a couple to, to, uh, I think it was Jace Brown who had a couple of them. My goodness. He was throwing these things on a dime. Avery Johnson was I, I know 5 of 10 doesn't knock your socks off, but you saw some glimpses of a guy who is going to be a star in this conference. And if this two-quarterback system works for both of these guys and Chris Kleiman this year, then you know what? Roll with it. Because this team looks incredible the last couple of weeks. On the road in Lubbock and then home against TCU, a TCU team that was coming off a 30-point win against BYU completely shut down, by the way, Josh Hoover on the other side of the ball. They really needed that. And um, they just did a really nice job, top to bottom. The defense had its best game of the season by a mile. Add that to the conversation, and uh, you've got a Kansas State team that looks like the Kansas State team that I predicted before the season would be playing for a Big 12 championship in Arlington at the end of the year for a second straight season. That's what this team looked like. They dominated TCU start to finish in this game. Six and a half yards per carry. I mean, it was just a a thing of beauty to watch. A clean game, no turnovers. It was impressive. Very impressive. So credit to Chris Klein. And these guys did not sulk after the OSU loss. They just completely turned this season around. And now you're looking at this team saying, yep, this is what we thought Kansas State could be. And that was by far their best game and their most complete game of the season. And now the key for Kansas State, do not look ahead. Do not overlook Houston before Texas in two weeks. Don't do it. Don't get caught looking ahead. All right? Try your best if you're Kansas State. That's the key to this game. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Yeah, Jeremy, that one throw to the corner was money from Avery Johnson. I totally agree with you there. Um, game we have not talked about yet, Baylor and Cincinnati. Baylor gets a 32-29 to win in that one. And, you know, these are two of the worst teams in the Big 12. Sorry, they are. But Baylor desperately needed that game. Dave Aranda could not 
have gone to Cincinnati against a Bearcats team that had not won a Big 12 game, coming off a bye week, and lost it. He just I, Not that Dave Aranda would have been on the hot seat after a loss, but it's, it, it would have been simmering. He gets a win he really needed. And why did Baylor get this win? Special teams. Special teams were outstanding for Baylor on Saturday. you you got to give that unit a tremendous amount of credit. So first off, you had the, the scoop and score uh, on the kickoff, which obviously, you know, was big. And then, of course, you had Isaiah Hankins. He had himself a great afternoon, four field goals, 54, 43, 46, 43 yards on the day. Um, so that was big. And that's a big reason that Baylor won this game without the special teams play. Frankly, Baylor doesn't win this game. They weren't the better team necessarily. But we all forget about the special teams until it matters, and Baylor got it done in that department. If you're a Cincinnati fan, you got to look at your bright spots as being both of your lines. Cincinnati's front spent a lot of time in the Baylor backfield. Cincinnati had three sacks, 10 tackles for loss against the Bears, and they held Baylor to 80 yards rushing under three yards per carry. That's impressive. And then on the other side, the offensive line play for Cincinnati was pretty good, paving the way for the Bearcats to rush for nearly 300 yards on the afternoon. So if you're looking for bright spots, if you're a Cincinnati fan, uh, it would be the play in the trenches along the lines. And I'll tell you what, if Cincinnati gets good in the Big 12, and they can, they have a chance to do that, that place gets loud. We heard it against OU, and we heard it in you know the second half, fourth quarter of this Baylor game. That stadium, Nippert Stadium, gets loud. I lo- you can hear it through the TV. So they're going to be a great Big 12 addition when they get Big 12 ready, and they're just not there yet. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. What a great week it was across the Big 12 once again. Upsets, underdogs covering the spread in five out of six games. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Evan says that Texas is going to be get beat by K-State and Iowa State. Woo, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah, they won't be easy games, I'll say that much. Dustin, Pete, was K-State the top team of this weekend? In the Big 12? Absolutely. Absolutely. They were the top team in the Big 12. Not even, uh, not even close. Let's go through some of the other comments that I've got here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Truett says, Oklahoma State was the underdog the last three wins. People need to understand this is not the same team that lost to South Alabama. It's, it is not even close to the same team. Uh, Sonny Dykes is cringe. Ah, come on. The guy was in a national championship last year. Let's go. Let's come on. Let's take it easy. Uh, Garrett, do you like Kansas? Uh, can Kansas State win the Big 12? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What we saw is OU and Texas come back to earth. OU and Texas may not be that much better than the rest of this league, which we all thought was the case a couple of weeks ago. So we'll be watching. We'll be following. I'm Pete Mundo. Thank you guys for being here. Before you head out, hit that thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. We so appreciate you joining us and being a part of this show on Heartland College Sports. Cheers once again. If you want one of these koozies, leave me a rating and a review on the iTunes page. we got 715 ratings. I want to get to 750. 
as soon as possible. So send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you hooked up. I'm not going to tell you what I'm drinking because I want to get that, I wanna get that uh, drink sponsor on the show. Some of you might be able to guess by the back of the can what I'm drinking. But we want to get that drink sponsor on the show first. All right? That's what we want to do. <laughs> so you guys have a great rest of the day. Share the show with your Big 12 friends and family. And we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Have a great day.